When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, good morning. Welcome to Sustainable Success. It's another beautiful day here in the New York area. Hope the same for you wherever you are. Again, we're going to have a great show today. We're going to be talking about work-life harmony. Not work-life balance, but how to achieve work-life harmony. And we're going to get some insight from a founder and CEO of a CRM company. And we're going to get some great information. So we just wanted to uh, let everybody know again, if you are new to Sustainable Success... Uh, besides finding us here on the Voice America Influencer Channel, you could also find us at Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. And there you'll find past uh, episodes on demand that you can listen to anytime for many of our past uh, experts. And, get, and you could also leave comments, provide any questions that you have, and we'll be more than happy to address that for you. Before I introduce our guest, I just wanted to, again, give a background about who he is. His name is J.P. Narowski. J.P. was thrown into business at the age of 18, taking over his father's Amish furniture company and growing it from 100K to over a million a year before he was 21 years old. He has a nose sinkhole deep in code since he was 15 and is a self-proclaimed serial squirrel chaser. He founded several SaaS companies, including ClickFlow, a marketing optimization tool, and Karma CRM which is a CRM built for true small business owners. He believes in team autonomy, results only work uh, environment and works and work life harmony. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce JP to the show. JP, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, JP, where are you right now? Are you in Michigan? What location are you based in? I am in Denver, Colorado. Oh, Denver, Colorado. Okay, great. So how's the weather in Denver, Colorado? Well, actually, it's one of probably three days of the year that it's overcast and rainy. It's usually <laughs> sunny every day and beautiful, but you know, I get you got me on one of the bad days. Uh, well, we'll make it a good day after this. We'll hopefully get some of this New York weather to come your way. I talk to people in uh, Denver quite a bit, and just like in New England, the weather changes consistently. I mean, here... Back on Monday, it was uh, in the low 40s with flurries, and here today, it's it's almost 90 degrees, so go figure. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure the weather is very sure. similar in, in the Denver area. So, with, uh, yeah, what I'd like to find out with our listeners as well, you know, talk a little bit about, before we get into work-life harmony, we wanted to get a little background about, you know, how your company formed. I mean, I love this concept, Karma CRM, you know, I'm... You know, I know a lot about CRM systems, and we have a lot of sales professionals that also listen to the show. And so talk a little bit about, you know, what went into starting Karma CRM and, again, where it's unique for small business owners. Sure. So, yeah, it definitely is kind of one of those dog food type scenarios where uh, I'm a developer and I've also done a lot of sales have kind of spanned the gamut in terms of the role that roles I've played. And in this particular case, I co-founded a web development consultancy called Metaspring. 
And at MetaSpring, I was doing all of the sales, and I was also doing some of the development. But most importantly, uh, we were growing. You know, we hired a sales guy, and in the course of six months, we probably bought and paid for you know between three and six CRMs. And I was just blown away. I was like, okay, every developer thinks they can do it better. I gotta you know hold off on that tendency. And after I, my sales guy kept going back to sticky notes, I go back and he wouldn't be using the tool that we. Paid, bought and paid for, he'd have a sticky note on his monitor. And I'm like, listen, this is just not sustainable. We can't communicate this way. So after about six months of frustration from using the traditional tools, which I kind of felt like were built for an enterprise sales cycle and not something we did. We sold websites and marketing uh, packages and things like that. Yeah. And it was relatively simple. You know, you're either a customer or you're not, and we want to keep track of you know, your status. But it wasn't, didn't have all this jargon that like Salesforce had, for instance. So <laughs> after six months of paying for tools that weren't getting used, I told my developer, I said, I'm going to build a tool. That's what's going to happen. You're going to use it. We're going to make it the simplest possible thing. It's going to have like three buttons. And that's what I did. So I, I went home that weekend and I built Karma CRM. And it was a very primitive version of that. But we ended up starting to use it and getting traction with it internally. And it worked a lot better than what we had before. And I had then, you know, used that to, as I grew that, I, you know, uh, ended up selling my equity in the previous company and doing Karma CRM full time, uh, just kind of wow. based on, on our own needs. On your own need, and that's amazing because you know I when I when you think about a small business owner, and we have, you know, we have we have entrepreneurs that are small business owners here on the show that listen to it live and on demand, and as a small business owner, obviously we have to have a CRM system in place, but we also wanted to keep it simple because a lot of times we don't want to have to go through and put all this stuff in. So it sounds like for what you said is that you really made it very easy to use for, say, someone that's maybe not technical, but yet can really manage their business on a day to day. And then obviously that, you know, we're going to be talking about work life harmony today that they can keep that harmony with their work and lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of don't see Salesforce, some of the other bigger CRMs as our competitor. I think our competitors are spreadsheets. You know, people who are, are using spreadsheets and outgrowing them and wanting something a little bit more robust, but they don't, you know, they're kind of intimidated by the, you know, the girth of some of these bigger systems. And they're like, I just, you know, I need a little bit, I need some reminders, I need some calendar management, but I don't really want to go to these like huge solutions. So what can I do? And that's kind of where I see our sweet spot being is, you know, helping manage that going from a spreadsheet to something a little more robust. Well, obviously, I mean, that's make makes sense, especially for small business, because I'm sure there are people out there, you know, obviously managing things on Excel and here, you know, they got something now that they can use. And and yeah, we will definitely, uh, you know, on the Facebook page, make sure that we position that for you to, for those people that come visit us, that they can learn more about Karma CRM. Uh, getting to the topic of, you know, work-life harmony. I mean, this is such an interesting uh, topic because... On the show, we've talked several times about balance, right? Balance between work and lifestyle. And I love your take on it, that it's not about balance, it's about harmony. So if it's not work-life balance and it's work-life harmony, how do you let the two flow instead of forcing anything artificial? So I kind of, it's somewhat of a play on words, but I, uh, I kind of see work-life balance as kind of almost like a, a 
a version of work hard, play hard. It's like you have to, you know, manage your life and then you go to work and you keep your personal life separate. And at work, you're working and you don't talk about personal life. You don't think about it very much. And you do the work in order to have the personal life. And it kind of creates this artificial separation in what people do and how they live their life that I think is doesn't really exist. And it creates this tension where, you know, you have personality, you have things going on at home, you have wants and hopes and dreams and things that you love. And, you know, a lot of times that flows very well into work and into at least your, your coworkers understanding more about who you are. So I think the harmony of it is, you know, I guess, I don't know what the simplest way to put it is, but it's more about acknowledging and, and expressing your full self and if that is, you know, you love to work out, like that's a part of, that's reflected in your, in your work yeah. day in some way. Maybe you even take breaks throughout the day to work out and that's something everybody knows and you don't have to hide it. And it just creates this, a much more natural flow instead of saying, okay, you know, I have my personal life segmented and my business life. And then, then, you know, and I'm doing, spending all this extra willpower to keep those two separated. No, I, I love your concept. And the reason being is that I'm, Besides uh, having this radio show, I'm I'm a life and business strategist. So I work with entrepreneurs and sales professionals, business leaders, and I'm just like you. I'm a firm believer that life and business are not in separate buckets. They 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 intertwine. They they they're in one bucket because what you do in your personal life, you bring into your business, and what you do in your business, you bring into your personal life. People may think they want it; they can separate that, and on some degree, they can maybe disguise it. But, you know, the energy itself manifests itself. So if something's not going right in somebody's personal life, it does play out. That energy does begin to have an effect negatively in business or vice versa if it's positive, right? So it's so important. So in terms of, you know, obviously that's where when you talk about your company name, Karma CRM, I mean, that's where obviously it comes from. Um, and this also plays into the term uh, what I call mindfulness. Is that something that you know, in your, you know, with, when you came up with this concept about the flow uh, between both, it was it being it like in the moment type of thing? Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily initially crafted that way, but I think that as I've kind of, you know, I think the term karma CRM, when we picked the name, we, uh, I, I was just so sick of all of the business drab, gray yeah. enterprise systems out there. And I wanted something more fun and playful. And that was what I thought was the extent of the name. But as, as we've grown as a company and as I've kind of grown as a, as a leader, I've felt like we've stepped into the shoes of the name a lot more. And that comes into the concepts of work-life harmony and how we run our culture. But it also comes into, you know, growing in on the mindfulness aspects. And I think you really can't separate the two. I think true work-life harmony does require a, a consciousness about uh, an intentionality about being present. So, yeah, I think that they are very connected. They weren't initially. It was just kind of a cool name. And then, you know, some of it the just kind of flew in. Harmony. Yeah. 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 Well, it, and it makes sense. I mean, again, it's all about being grounded, you know, karma, you know, being grounded in the moment. And, you know, for a small business owner, I think it, it's not about being overwhelmed. So, you know, getting back to where we started, I mean, obviously, I think that obviously makes sense. Now, if you have somebody, let's say, for instance, we're looking at work-life harmony and somebody says, okay, I understand balance, but okay, explain to me what you mean by harmony. You know, how, if, if for some reason, if I, you know, I, have to, if I can't determine if my work and life are in harmony, 
what are some of the ways they can, you know, look at it, you know, to, to see how they can be, go about getting their life and business in harmony? I think one one other, I guess one other concept I didn't really cover previously in the harmony aspect and why it's not really balanced is that, you know, I kind of I kind of attribute work life balance to being like okay you work this amount and then you have to make sure you take off this amount and yep. you know let's say you work a forty hour week and then you have to make sure, you know you have enough time off and I think that there's there's more flow to it than that and where the harmony comes in in my eyes and this is just one aspect of it and there's more we can touch on with your question as well but is that sometimes and this is especially relevant as a business owner sometimes I feel like I want to work more I want to want to work till 8 p.m. and I'm feeling in flow and you know there's something that needs to be done and you know I if I cut myself off because I felt hey I'm not balancing myself I'm working till 8 p.m. and this is not what I should do according to society and I'm overworking myself then I feel that I'm cutting off critical energy that can be really utilized to be productive. And on the inverse of that, you know, if I'm working at 3 p.m. and I'm just, you know, or 2 p.m. and I'm just not getting what I need to get done accomplished, then taking a walk or taking a nap or, um, you know, just totally separating yourself from business and doing something completely non-related um, might be what is really going to get you, you know, get the item done maybe the next day. So the harmony yeah, that is makes more sense. being in tune with kind of your internal mechanism. No, that makes sense. So I guess like you, and that you really distinguish there the difference between, you know, the balance and the harmony. Again, there's no strict parameters or rules here, right? You know, with balance, okay, you work from nine to five, you go eat dinner at six, you play with the kids, you know, from, you know, uh, six, seven o'clock to eight o'clock and so forth. It's like being in the flow. So if the flow says, hey, you need to put your energy because it's in it's really shining right now and 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 let's get done what we got to get done in our business, that's what you do. Or, hey, I'm pretty stagnant, I'm feeling a little tired, probably not a good use of my time to be working right now. It's better off that I take some time off and go for a walk. So so really it's really depends upon that flow of energy in the moment, what's going on at that point in time. Yeah, I, I think that's that's exactly right. And that's, you know, it's easy to say as, you know, someone in my position who can dictate that. But I think, you know, if you're, you know, uh, w- within a company, you, you can pick companies that have that kind of a culture that it's more yeah. results oriented. And there's even an acronym for it, results only work environment, where it's like, hey, you know, if you do a million dollars in sales in one day in one sale, and that's your quota for the year, take the year off or, you know, figure out some way to be useful, but it's not working for work's sake. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, you know, getting to, we got, uh, getting to the next point. I wanted to talk about the inverse correlation between, uh, money and happiness. Talk a little bit about that in terms of how this flows, you know, aligns with work-life harmony. So, I think that, you know, there's, there's been a lot of studies and, you know, a lot of different types of studies, but uh, the, one of the common ones that, may, you know, people may have seen is that, you know, beyond a certain amount of money, there's an inverse correlation with happiness. And um, I have seen some caveats to that as well, which I, we can, which I can bring up. But, you know, at, I think 70, 80,000 for uh, Americans, at least, there's this sense that more money doesn't equal happiness if it's not used in the right way. 
And I think in, in business, there's a set tendency to say, okay, I'm hitting the next milestone. I'm hitting the next milestone. And you're always kind of running and you don't really give yourself a chance, A, to like cash out on the successes that you've had. But then at the same time, um, you know, there's always some way to grow. There's always a new thing to be done. You know, if you sell the company, there's always something else to do beyond that. And, you know, it's kind of this never ending rat race, which I think as someone who loves productivity, like I get, I do get enjoyment out of that and actually get harmony in some ways out of constant growth. But I think without checking it against what is this for, like how can I use this to make my current life better, uh, yeah. it kind of gets lost in translation and it just becomes, you know, very stressful. And, you know, the more you grow, the more you make, the more you own, it's just this kind of, you know, capitalistic uh, tendency and path towards, you know, never feeling satisfied. No, absolutely. It's all about, you know, I need more and more and more of these material things, but really it it's not filling us up in, inside uh, where, you you know, you don't feel content and it, you're always wanting more. And that makes sense. I mean, obviously money is required for things that, for certain things that we have to do that we enjoy, right? It, I mean, that's a good thing. It's how you, what, how you look at money, having a good dialogue with money. But in itself, money itself is not going to be what's going to fulfill you. It's just a tool to help do the things that you enjoy doing. And it's all about obviously finding that harmony with, uh, with your own internal happiness and, you know, happiness is an inside job. And that is so true. And, you know, we got a, uh, about a minute and a half, but I just wanted to get your insight in terms of karma CRM. Is this something that you kind of like kind of the culture that you kind of brought to the table for the people that work with you work for you? Yeah, we, we certainly try to, I mean, it's something that I, I have each of my team members, um, our response, you know, each person that you hire, especially in a smaller company, have a dramatic effect on defining the culture. And, you know, I think we've, I've had a couple people that have stuck with me for a while and Shirley's one of them. And she's helped really, you know, help, help me define and identify and, and codify these ideas. And it's been really fun to play with. I have a couple different companies, as you mentioned earlier, and uh, they kind of share a similar core value set, but it's been, it's been interesting to have these different testing grounds to see what does, you know, unlimited vacation versus forced vacation versus other vacation policies. Yeah. What does, you know, the type of people that you hire, uh, you know, how does that have an impact on your bottom line and, and, you know, your, I guess your culture more importantly. So yeah, we, we definitely all play a role in it. It's not a, you know, I believe, as you said in the, in the intro with team autonomy yeah. and it's, there's, there's no top down approach. In fact, in one of my companies, yeah. my team sets my salary and I think that's yeah. great. They, they plan the whole budget. They tell me when I get a raise and if I get a raise based on what happens. And, you know, I think, you know, uh, you know giving yeah. people full autonomy has a huge impact on the no. culture as well because people want that sense of purpose. Well, this is great. You're listening to uh, J.P. Narowski. We are uh, with Karma CRM. Uh, we're going to be going to break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. 
Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're here with J.P. Narowski, who is the founder and CEO of Karma CRM. And if those that don't know what CRM means, you should. But if you don't, it's a customer relationship management tool. So it's a way to build your customer and sales database. But in any event, uh, we're talking about how to achieve work-life harmony. And we're getting some great uh, golden nuggets here from J.P. today. And where we left off from the break was we were talking about the inverse correlation between money and happiness. And I wanted to go back to that, JP, in regards to happiness, when one really has their true purpose, they know their purpose, and it's aligned with truly who they are, what does that mean in terms of that happiness going forward in their work-life harmony? So I think that, yeah, that there there is one caveat to the study of kind of the, you know, inverse correlation between money and happiness. And I think when you do bring purpose into the equation, uh, it, it changes a bit. So if you can use greater wealth and greater money to achieve uh, a deeper sense of purpose or accomplish something on a greater scale, then there does seem to continue. Uh, the co- a correlation between happiness and money does seem to continue. And on a similar or a similar vein to that, um, also using money to buy things that, that give you happiness, like time and experiences. You know, material possessions seem to not, you know, have a very inverse or fee, uh, uh, fleeting sense, 
correlation with happiness. But when you look at, you know, I'm going to use it to buy a, a cleaner so that I don't have to clean so that I can spend time with my wife or uh, an experience, a vacation with people that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, then, you know, then they do see a strong correlation with it. So it is kind of about how you use it. And one last thing I'll say on that, and then we can move on, is back to the kind of the purpose thing. I, I had a moment where I was considering winding down some of my time spent on some of my companies. And I was like, hey, you know, should I be working less? Back to the work-life harmony thing. And I was like, you know, I should stop working at three because that's what people do when they get, you know, yeah. past a certain point in success. And I thought about it and I realized that, you know, I, I get a great, deep satisfaction out of what I do. And it's not just for the sake of money. It's something that I just enjoy as a person. And if I replaced it with something artificially, because that's what society says, I would be doing myself a disservice and actually probably be, you know, worse off, maybe better at piano, but worse off in the long run. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think the, what you're saying is if we're, if we had more people and companies that had that same philosophy we would have, in my, my opinion, better products, better services, better work cultures, healthier, when I say healthier, not just physical, but, but emotionally, spiritually, all eight pillars of wellness, people, you know, so when they're coming to work, they feel good about themselves. And again, it's, it's about happiness serving your purpose, not for the sake of how much money you're making. Money is just a form of energy, a tool to fulfill the things that can help make you happy, but in itself, that's it's not going to make you happy just with material things. Spot on. I love it. Uh, you know, I want to move along. So when we, we talk about bringing your full self to work, there is no work-life separation. What does that mean? So yeah, there's obviously a little work-life separation. You know, you don't, it, there's certain things you have to kind of filter with, you know, but I think that kind of goes without saying. Uh, I think what it what it really means is that we want you to feel comfortable and open in being yourself, being your quirky, weird self at, at the job. You know, it's not about being professional and dressing a certain way. And this obviously has, depending on your industry, you might have to ch- change this a bit if you're customer facing and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, I think that I want people to feel like who they are is not different when they show up at work. You know, they're not super weird and making a bunch of jokes with their friends that they show up in their, you know, business cat, business formal. Um, you know, this also plays into things like for us, at least, uh, we, you know, in our, in our weekly meetings, one of our scorecard metrics is, uh, you know, personal goals. And these are things like in, within the course of the company, we've had people lose, you know, a, significant amounts of weight and, and record it and talk about it. We've had people start meditation practices. We've had people, um, you know, change, do major diets, keto, things like that, learn piano. And we report on this in addition to everyone's happiness on a weekly basis. And this helps people to, you know, collectively and collectively share their growth and what that's doing for them professionally, because back to the full selves and the harmony thing, it's like, if you're not healthy, if you're not happy, if you're not in a good place personally, then there's just no way you're going to be professionally effective and vice versa. If you're, you know, feeling like you're not doing great at your job, that has a big impact on your happiness at home. So we kind of, instead of pretending that everything is all good at home and in your personal life and you, we only care about the business metrics. We try to bring both into the circle and, you know, make that more of a, a front and center aspect than kind of hiding it or just maybe, you know, casual Friday conversation. No, it makes sense. And I, I like what you're doing there because obviously, you know, it's important, especially when you're talking about employee retention, you know, people want to stay 
with an environment or a culture where they feel they belong, where they feel they can leverage their strengths. It's not that their weaknesses are being exposed and they feel in a safe environment that they can, you know, maybe perhaps focus on things that maybe they're going through and knowing that there's, you know, somebody could help and knowing that, that they can be, you know, get right back into alignment with what they do best. And it's so important and it's spot on. And that's why, you know, when you look at certain companies, you know, companies like yourself, but, you know, you look at some of the companies like, you know, Apple or, you know, Google and, you know, those types of companies in Amazon, why they're able to separate themselves among others is because they implement a lot of some of these these things that we're talking about. I'm not saying that they do it entirely, but on, on some scales they do. They, they, you know, I know with Jeff Bezos, you, you know, looking at mindfulness, you know, practicing mindfulness plays a very important role. And that spills over to a lot of people in that organization. But you see how these these companies excel. They retain people and they retain this talent. And and, and that's what keeps a team together and, and, and allows you to offer better products, better services and better, uh, you know, uh, customer loyalty. So, so important. Um, anything else that you want to expand upon that area? I mean, I think that we kind of touched on it okay. previously with the harmony too. So I think overall, uh, you know, we've, we've covered a lot of we've it. We covered it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move ahead. Let's look at, you know, I like to discuss this term. This is something I love. I mean, this is something I do in my practice as a life and business strategist. And I actually practice this concept every day. It's mindfulness. So we're looking at mindfulness. We look at goal setting, meditation, how are these critical tools in separating urgent from important when we look at our life and business? So Tests. I guess to, to explain that answer from my personal experience, I have to kind of share the, the previous story uh, prior yes, to it, you know, kind of being able to be, uh, I mean, you know, certainly not a guru at it or anything, but it's something that it's become more an important part of my life. But many years of my life, uh, and, and even in the early stages of Karma CRM, I I did what was called coffee-driven entrepreneurship. And this is a kind of a term that I want to write a blog post about at some point because it, it was really a huge impact for me. But I, it was actually literally too much coffee. And as a business leader, you, uh, you, your personal self and your energy flows directly into your team and into what, you, what the output is. And, you know, it, you can imagine what would happen with too much coffee. I was, you know, starting too many initiatives. I was hiring too many people, too many different projects, not really closing things out, very scattered. Everything was urgent. Everything was important. And this went on for years. And I don't know what ended up making me realize that literally I was drinking too many cups of coffee and I needed to slow down. But in the, in the process of doing that, it was a, a, a dramatic change. And you can you know, ask any of my employees. They've seen a big difference in me from going from that erratic, coffee-fueled, uh, kind of unproductive, uh, change-shifting attitude to uh, where I've, I've taken time now to you know, introduce mindfulness and a much slower pace. You know, I actually drink one cup of coffee a day, and I love it, and it's a very important part of my ritual. But... Uh, you know, I, I'm able to, or I've been able to calm down a lot and be, you know, through mindfulness, through being able to just kind of clear my head and um, take a step back, it's given me a lot more 
ability to, again, take a step back in the company and say, hey, what yeah. can I remove myself from and what can I get out of the way of that I just wasn't seeing before? It's this concept of like working softer, not harder, that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're working the right ways instead of just working harder or even smarter. Like you could still work smarter, but if you're working smarter towards the wrong goal, then you're kind of, you know, missing the whole, the whole thing. No, that's true. I mean, I mean, when you get back to mindfulness, I mean, for me, you know, mindfulness produces clarity. You know, you, you develop a, a clear foundation inside. So with that clarity, you're able to be aware of certain things that are necessary to focus on and the areas that are not necessary. Because a lot of us, I feel a lot of people are busy. There are a lot of all of us are busy, 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 busy. But yet, are we really focused on the things that are really important? Are we really leveraging our strengths to the highest capability and working congruently as a team to do that? And this is where what you're talking about is so important. And, you know, be able to work softer or to work smarter and not harder. And again, to really kind of, you know, focus on the things that are more important, that those priorities that matter and allow others to do the same and you know, obviously, all of that coming together to make uh, things, uh, you know, produce better products, produce better services, make create a happier work culture, that type of thing. Um, terms of like, you know, when we look at this, uh, you know, could you talk a little bit about when you you talk a little bit about your your rituals here? What would you recommend if somebody is kind of maybe? looking at what you've done and, and looking at this, what they might want to look at for themselves. Again, everyone has their own thing, but you know, what would be some ideas of what they can go about, you know, doing that? You mean in order to kind of start? Yeah. To, to kind of find, to kind of look at goal setting, meditation, mindfulness, looking at, you know, again, if they were to separate, you know, something that's urgent to from important, you know, again, looking at things in a different way that they're focusing their attention on the right things. That are that matter. Sure. So there's there's a uh, two parts to that. One of them is the mindfulness side, and one of them is a business system I use called Traction EOS, and that both have been very instrumental in um, helping me separate the urgent from the important. But on the on the mindfulness side, on more of a day to day basis, I, I've noticed a really strong correlation with when I wake up, and I use an app called Calm. There's Headspace. There's a bunch of other ones out there. Um, they have a free version and they have like a 50 bucks a year paid version, super easy and accessible to get into guided meditations, non-guided. Um, I just do like 10 minutes a day. And, um, so it's relatively simple, but, uh, I, I just noticed such a strong correlation with it being kind of like a, a positive domino effect where when I do, you know, I dedicate time in the morning to, to a not working immediately and not checking my phone immediately starting the morning slower and incorporating, you know, a 10 minute meditation, five minute meditation. Generally I've seen a stronger correlation with doing that and then taking 15 to 20 minutes to plan my day, which then gives me the setup I need to separate the urgent from the important and prioritize. And it's such a stark difference. It's such a stark contrast from mornings when I wake up, I check my email right away. I'm immediately working on projects and I feel, I get that dopamine release. I feel like I'm being productive, but in reality, I'm just, you know, everything that's urgent and important and every app is designed to feel that way. That, you know, that particular message or bing or badge is what you need to focus on. It's just such a, I end up, you know, 3 p.m., 
completely exhausted. I don't really know what I did and definitely didn't get the high priority things done because I was just too busy putting out fires that I was kind of creating in the first place. And that's the thing I think when you look at, you know, in today's world where there's a lot of distractions, social media, emails, uh, texting, and, you know, with these distractions, a lot of times we're multitasking and we think that we're getting a lot done. But really, if you're able to look at it from a bigger picture, and I do this at, when I'm working with people, you, they realize, oh, my God, I'm not really getting anything done. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and, and you look at some people, how they're able to get, you know, a, a lot of the, the priorities that matter, the tasks that matter in a fraction of the time. And then they wonder why. Well, how can he or she be on the golf course three times a week and I'm working 60, 70 hours and I still can't produce the level of output that they're doing because it's the difference in what you're talking about and how they're organizationally structured, using meditation, using mindfulness, and really being laser focused, which is really important and not allowing those distractions. Not to say that you don't check your email, you don't check your texts or your your social media notifications, but there's there, there's times that are dedicated for that, that you're not just you know being distracted every other minute by these because that if you allow that to happen, it will happen, and it's going yeah. to happen. So it's so so important. <laughs> so we're we're going to be going to break here in about a minute and a half. What else could you want to elaborate on here when it when it comes to you know this area again? You know for something just anything else that you want to elaborate on that will shed insight for people. Uh, you know, in this, in, this, in this particular area we're talking about? Sure. So two things that I do that are indispensable to that focus is, uh, one is, none, neither of these are, you know, unique insights. There are things you can read about in any productivity hack blog. But uh, I check email three times a day. And I think that every time I do that, I don't always do it, but when I do it, I'm better off. I get more done. It's always the case. Um, so I check in the morning, in the middle of the day, in the, in the evening, and I do the same thing with like our, our, we use a tool called Slack, which is like team communication tool. Oh yeah. We, I use Slack too. I love it. Yep. It's a great tool, but it, it at the same time makes you Slack if you use it. Oh, it does. I guess there, there was something to that. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, they kind of were cheeky with their own name, but I also close Slack. So I tell my team to like yell at me if I'm on it for too long, cause I'll always dig into projects too much. And the other thing I do is this technique called Pomodoro, which is 25 minutes of absolute focus on one task. So I shut down everything that could cause me uh, to be distracted. I put my phone away. I put it on Do Not Disturb. I actually put it in a drawer physically away. And I think that those two things together, limiting when I check in with the team and using a 25-minute complete ultra-focus technique um, with five-minute breaks in between, those things really give me the extra juice I need to get the priority tasks done. No, that makes sense. And I'm really happy that you were able to share some personal insight to your day-to-day in terms of the habits and disciplines that you have in place. Because, you know, it's so important to have habits, the right habits and disciplines that are going to set somebody up for sustainable success, not only individually, but also as a company. You know, it's so important. A lot of times, even companies and, and, and individuals have goals, but they're very vague. They're not specific. So it doesn't allow them to be laser focused, and and it would be amazing. It's amazing how when companies can get more specific and make certain you know, their the tasks that that they have set up each day and their and their time oriented, that how much more they can get done in a fraction of the time. So it frees them up to do other things. 
that are nurturing, you know, for them, like, you know, taking care of themselves, maybe getting to the gym where some people can't get to the gym or eating better or getting outside, you know, to get some fresh air. Uh, So important. So, again, you're listening to J.P. Narowski from the CEO and founder of Karma CRM. We're going to be going to break, but we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to sustainable success. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with JP Narowski, the founder and CEO of Karma CRM. If you're just joining us, uh, again, you can listen to this uh, episode on demand at the Voice America Influencer Channel or at the Sustainable Success 2017 Facebook page. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and any other area where podcasts and internet live radio can be found. So, JP, I wanted to get back. We've been talking about some great, you know, some nuggets you've been throwing out there in terms of work-life harmony. And we were talking a little bit about some of your routines or habits or disciplines that you have 
that have set you up for sustainable success and in, in achieving work-life harmony. Can you share some additional insights for the listeners when it comes to your morning routine? Sure, absolutely. And this, is, this has been a long evolution, long work in progress, and I'm sure it'll continue to change. And this is definitely not, you know, I wouldn't say this will work for everyone, but this is what I found to work for me, and it's something that I've, I've kind of grown into. But uh, as far as routine goes, I think, you know, I try to wake up early, early enough to where I can get ahead of, you know, the onslaught of emails and things like that. And one key component for me in the morning is exercise, and specifically a like a guided exercise of some sort. So there, there are classes that are offered at the gym I go to. And I find that, you know, as, as you know, with Zuckerberg and his, you know, one single hoodie he wears every day, you know, choice, choice paralysis and willpower is finite. And, you know, I like to go to a gym and be told what to do, you know, and, and that just takes, eliminates any choice for me. There's like hit classes and uh, high intensity workout and things like that that are available. So Exercise in the morning for me is absolutely critical. I don't think I could have the mental fortitude to do, you know, to go throughout the day and deal with the challenges if I didn't get that perspective. And uh, from there, I usually, you know, meditate for 10 minutes or so and try to, but the bigger picture is to try to have, you know, an hour, an hour and a half of time when you're not working and especially not first thing where you can kind of ease into the day. And I think that that easing into the day allows you to be proactive and intentional with your priorities instead of just letting the day happen to you. And I've experienced both and I still will continue to experience both probably the rest of my life because some days I still hop on my phone and get in, you know, get into the, get into Slack and chat with my Russian developers or whatever. Um, but that, you know, having that, that quiet focus and having that initial energy and exercise has been, you know, really important for me. No, it's so important that you talked about these, what, you know, you could call them rituals, whatever you want to call them. I call them habits and disciplines and, you know, sustainable success is all about the process. This is what we, you know, when we have guests on that bring in their expertise from a wide variety of different areas and angles and, But it all kind of rolls up to the process. You know, sustainable success is a process. The outcome that you desire is a byproduct of the process. And having the right habits and disciplines in place allows that to happen. And a lot of things that you're talking about, people would say, well, what does that have to do with work performance? Like, you know, know, meditation, working out. I mean, I, I know it's good for you, but, but, you know, does it really have an impact on my, my production, uh, my quality of work? And the answer is yes. <laughs> this is where a lot of people, and you are spot on when you talk about the meditation, the working out, and you know certain things. Is there anything else like you know that you feel like if you could give throw out some other ideas? Again, everyone's going to have their own thing, but what would be some other ideas that you think that people could look at that could really set them up to have success? You know, in, in achieving that work life harmony with certain types of routines, habits, and disciplines. Sure. That's a great question. Uh, journaling is something I've, I've done and, and experimented with. I haven't really gotten it to stick, but I do feel very, very therapeutic when I get to just kind of write out, um, you know, my thoughts and there's a lot of different journaling, you know, strategies like the five minute journal is one that gives you kind of a framework for how to do it. So I think that that could be one thing that it could work out really well. And, um, you know, maybe even just doing something creative, doing something a little different, like giving your morning a little bit of spice, I think, you know, could could definitely help and like and like you said for me i think that you know exercise and meditation are are kind of the two pieces that 
are the just the core. Like you, for, without those two things, I don't think I have enough uh, energy and resources to do what I need to do. Even above eating healthy, like that's important too. But um, you know, for me, those are the two. But I think you know, if I were to throw other ones in there again, journaling, um, even having a conversation with a spouse, like spending some time with someone at breakfast, like some FaceTime. I just saw this TED talk recently that put social communication and interaction as one of the highest indicators of living a long life. And, um, you know, I don't know where they got their, their, their data necessarily, but that was a really interesting take is just, you know, in this digital world and social world and people working remotely, you know, getting some FaceTime with someone could be nice too. Yeah, that's so important. You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to have that, obviously, that relationship with yourself, you know, because that's important. That's what the meditation is, mindfulness, journaling. And I love that you brought up journaling because that's something that I incorporate every day into my life. Uh, I also teach that to my my clients, you know, where you write down immediately what comes to mind after you meditate. Again, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be the craziest thing in the world. It doesn't matter because it allows you to look at that information later as you're looking at yourself from a third-party perspective because we could always look at somebody else and be able to provide insight and, and you know some, some direction, but we can't do that for ourselves. But if you're able to meditate and then journal and write down immediate, you know, without overthinking or overanalyzing it, it really allows us to look at ourselves like if we were someone else. And that's so important, especially when you're looking to identify, you know, what those limited beliefs are, those things that may be holding you back. I think that's so important. That really sets you up for sustainable success in the long run. Some of the things that you're talking about. Um, I and, love that. And, I'm going to have to try yeah, that. Yeah, good. I would say you're giving me stuff and, I give, and I'll give you stuff. And we're giving, obviously, more importantly, the audience, you know, some of these key nuggets. Here's another thing, I, JB, that I, I, you know, I always like to mention. Some of my audience knows this, and I do everything that you do. I work out, I meditate, I journal, I read uh, a chapter out of a personal development book or a business strategy book every morning. But the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up at 4.30 is I make my bed. And people ask me, well, are, were you in the Army? Were you in the Armed Forces? I said, no. I said, I, I go, the reason why I do it, it's not because I'm a neat freak and I want my bed to look nice. It's just that it sets my mindset that, that I've done something that I accomplished something. I, or it's, it's an organizational task. And it sets my mindset for everything I'm going to do for those priorities that matter that, I, that I'm going to be laser focused on them and not from distractions. And I always like to make a, a joke out of it that my wife, who is not an early riser, there are sometimes I forget she's in bed and I cover her up. But, you know, she's, she's still breathing. But any event, but it, it's... It's, I love the fact that you brought this up, and I wanted to talk about something else interesting that you, you, brought, that you mentioned here. Well, you, well you, you, you t- we talked offline about, you talked about getting your phone out of your room, and how has that changed your mornings? Yeah, so that's actually a big one, um, and I, I love the reading uh, and the self-development chapter. I think that's one I totally blanked on, but that's a really important thing for me, too, is to just spend some time reading and, and you know, learning and developing myself, and I usually do fiction at night and nonfiction in the morning, so that's, that's a huge one that oh, really helps, helps me get some clarity, too, but as far as the getting the phone out of the room. It's been a long and arduous battle between me and phone. You know, as a, as a developer, I appreciate the effectiveness of habit building apps, you know, with the dopamine releases and the badge indicators and all the subtle things that they do. But at the same time, they are very effective at what they do. 
And I've had this long journey of taking off, disabling notifications, disabling badges, even grayscaling my phone throughout the day to really detach myself from the power that the phone holds as far as being addictive and being, you know, not necessarily most the most productive. And to take that to a further extent, you know, I, I, as many people probably do, use my iPhone as my alarm clock. You know, you tell Siri to set an alarm, you wake up, perfect, like it works well. But the problem is, is that, you know, not having done all the work to disable all your notifications, and sometimes you can't, um, I have, I think, one notification, and that's for uh, Shopify sales for my Amish Tables company. But, uh, Waking up to an onslaught of notifications and bings and chirps, it's very, it, it immediately commands your attention. And when you use your phone as an alarm, um, A, you might look at it before you go to bed and, you know, that might affect your sleep a bit. B, when you wake up, you can't really regulate what you look at. And even with the most discipline, you're still going to potentially check some of those uh, various updates and, you know, Facebook feeds and things like that. So, what I ended up doing was just I got a, a sunrise alarm clock, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with that, yeah. but it's basically um, you know, a, a light that gradually increases in, in brightness over the course of 30 minutes, and it, it kind of mirrors the, the, the sun, so to speak. So when you're waking up, it's not due to that you know, incessant buzz that everybody hates or even a favorite song. It's just kind of a, a more peaceful way to wake up. I have no phone in the room, and I'm able to kind of like take – you know, that gives me the first step to, you know, being more successful and being more intentional instead of saying, oh, there's all these messages. Oh, there's an update from my developer. Oh, I should probably get on Slack and, and help him because he's stuck now. And, you know, I'm feeling that immediate sense of urgency for things that may not be so. No, it's so true. I mean, I, I, I can, you know, being somebody prior to 20 years ago, I, I, I had struggled with addiction and a lot of my, a lot of our listeners under, know that, you know, know being, you know, have been listening to the show for quite some time. And, you know, the phone can be addictive. And when you bring that in the room thinking like, oh, it's just going to wake, you know, I'm going to use it as an alarm. A lot of times it's going to, it's going to, you're going to hear something and you're going to pick it up and you're going to check something. And then next thing you know, you're on it for another 20 minutes, answering an email, a notification, perhaps if it was on Slack, something along those lines. And next thing you know, you know, it disrupts your sleep, you know, in terms of trying to get to bed, because, you know, they always say that, Looking at devices just before you go to bed is not a good thing. It, you know, it, it will lead to, uh, uh, you know, disrupting your sleep pattern. And I think it's spot on what you were talking about here. I want to uh, move along and, and, and let the listeners know where can they find you? You know, anything about Karma CRM, you personally, you know, to get some more information. If they're, you know, if they're the small business owners that are listening that may be looking at a CRM platform for themselves. Sure. So uh, www.karmacrm.com is uh, where you can sign up for the CRM product. We also have a CRM uh, flavor uh, for professional speakers. So if you're a professional speaker, you can go to karmaspeaker.com and uh, that'll, that'll get you that product. And I also have a blog, which is not at, you know, super actively updated these days, although I need to get back to it at jpnarowski.com. And those would be the three ways that I'd recommend connecting. Wow. Fabulous. And uh, so, again, listeners, if you are listening, you know, make sure to check out Karma CRM. Again, if you're a small business owner, this could be the right CRM that's going to help manage your business in a, in a more effective way and create that work-life harmony. Again, we want, we, want to be, we want our businesses to be a part of our life, not our, our entire life, right? 
So this is really important. And again, we encourage those that had joined late to listen again so that you can hear some of the key nuggets that JP provided us today. And want to do again, you know, JP, to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here today. We know that, you know, Thursday is one of those days where we're rounding, you know, just kind of getting the week completed and it's midday and, you know, you took time out of your busy schedule to join us and, and enlighten our reader, our readers, our listeners to, uh, you know, how to achieve work-life uh, uh, harmony. So I want to thank you today. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, truly my pleasure. I really enjoy talking about this stuff and it's, it's really great to reflect on the journey as well. So it's, it's been enjoyable to chat to say the least. Well, thank you so much. And we want to thank you listeners for again joining us. And again, keep in mind, our new showtime is Thursdays, 12 noon to 1 o'clock East Coast time or 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.